0: Have you ever in your lifetime looked right at something but didn't see it? Like your car keys or your cell phone. Years ago, my wife and I were in London, England, and we were trying to see, we wanted to see Big Ben, this massive clock. And we had this tour guide map, and we were down there right in the area of, of, uh, of the location, all this beautiful, amazing architecture. And we're looking around, we're looking at the map, looking around, looking at the map, and we're going, where is the clock at? And literally, it was right behind us. Now, here's, here's what happened. It wasn't quite what I thought it would be. All the pictures I had seen, all the videos, all the movies, all the stuff I would experienced just from looking at that from a distant perspective, once I arrived there, it just did not look, I, I thought it would be a lot bigger. Than it was. Now it's not small. It's uh, you know 300 feet in the air, but it's it just did not meet my expectation. What about this? Have you ever seen today they have these pictures you can look at? If you look at the picture from this side, you get this picture. Look at the same thing from this side, you get this picture. Blink your eyes seven times. It's a whole different conversation. What is it about stuff in life that we think should look one way, but looks a different way? This is the same conversation about the birth of Jesus Christ. Everything was done as foretold, yet as it's happening, all those who are watching this are going, this can't be it. This this is not how it should be. And so what's unique about this to me is this is one of the most amazing stories of all time, if not the greatest story of all time. My mind, I think it is the greatest story of all time. As you look at this, I just wonder today if this story is more believable now than it was then. When you think about this, uh, if you know how modern thinking goes, the further away from an event you get in modern thinking, the less you think about that event. And if they had a challenge with this in their day and time, how much more might we have a challenge in our day and time? Now, I have thought about this. It's unique because Christmas comes around every year. You guys know Christmas happens every year? I mean, you just mark your calendar, it'll be here next year too. And the year after that, year after that. And I got to thinking, why why does this birth, why does this event in human history have such momentum to it? How come this has never dissipated or went away? There must be something significant to it. And I thought about this. There's been a lot of births in our lifetime and our, our, our world's history time. There's been literally millions of people born on this earth. But this one birth... Keeps coming back every year. Never goes away. There must be something going here. So I thought about Christmas, and I thought about this. Well, maybe, maybe Christmas is still here because of all, um, because of all the music. So some of you like Christmas music in the house. How many of you folks in the house, you love Christmas music? Anybody here? Okay. And, and some of you listen to this stuff uh, most of the time around Christmas year, but you know, you can you can hear Christmas music all year long, but no one ever does. They kind of move away over time. So for some reason, it can't be the music. What about this? Maybe we have Christmas because of because of family. Well, that sure can't be true. Because it's good to have the in-laws come in and good to have the in-laws leave. Can I get somebody in the house today that? Is prepared to acknowledge you're, you're afraid to acknowledge it. But that's okay. So it can't be family. Maybe maybe it's the lights. Who likes the Christmas lights? Who's folks in the house say that you love Christmas lights? You just love the colors. You, you know you could leave those up all year, and some of you do, but you shouldn't do that. You know. So it can't be the lights. What about what about giving gifts? Now it can't be that because even gifts. I mean, just think of it this way. In my lifetime, I, I remember being a kid and I used to love, I used to love to get Christmas gifts. Who remembers being a kid and you loved love Christmas day? You love to get the gifts. And then you go through a season in life in which you don't want to you don't want to get a gift, you want to give a gift. You actually enjoy the, the moment of saying, here, take this, and you begin to feel that. So you go from this journey of wanting to get a gift to wanting to give a gift, and now you just want to take a nap and be left alone. Any, anybody in favor of that today? Just, 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 come on, just leave me alone, and I'll see you in January. There's so much going on here. There must be something else happening. And this is really where we move from his story to bringing Jesus into our story. Orthodoxy would teach us that Jesus of Nazareth was God incarnate who became a man to die for the sins of the world and who founded the local global church, proclaim this to the ends of the earth so that all who sincerely take Jesus as their Lord and Savior are justified by his atoning death and have now inherited eternal life. What an amazing paragraph right there. That's what we would understand from Scripture. Now having said that, the Scripture is the greatest look at the birth of Christ. In fact, in Matthew one twenty-one, the Bible says this, it says, And she will bring forth a son, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So here we're looking at this, and we're also today realizing that at some level, if you're in the room today, you probably consider and are open to and accept the idea that Jesus Christ was born. History supports his birth. Our, our dilemma is, is that when it comes to Jesus, we like to keep our options open about what his birth means to us and to our life today. We, we like to self-define the role he plays in our life. The idea of making him Lord of our life is a bit daunting. I mean, maybe you can say it this way. You don't want to throw him out, but you struggle to invite him in. And today I want to invite you to invite him into your life. Luke chapter 2 verse 11, a few verses real fast, it says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Very clear right there. And this will be a sign to you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel of the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Look back again at verse 11 of chapter 2 in the gospel of Luke. It says born this day, a matter of space and time. Jesus came into this world. He was born on a day on this planet he lived. But he wasn't just another birth. He was born the Savior and he was born the Lord. Now, I like to read surveys. I enjoy, uh, in particular, surveys on religious thought. So I I, I like to check out a Pew Research or a Gallup poll just occasionally just to kind of get a pulse on people's thinking. I like to to know how people think. And I was just researching a, a, a pew research from a couple years ago, and they, they noted that three-fourths of those who were surveyed believes, believe that Jesus Christ uh, was indeed born and he was indeed the Son of God. They, they accept that. What's unique is that of that same group of people, Only 50%, so we lose 25% on the front end. Only 50% believe that that has any long-term effect on how they should live their life. Now, what's interesting to me is, is those things should be the same number. If you believe that Jesus Christ was born on this earth and you believe that he was indeed the son of God, then it should change the entirety of how you do everything about your life. And here's why. No book gives us a better account of Christ's birth than the Bible itself. Not not a history text, not not a public forum environment, but the Bible itself gives us the greatest perspective on the birth of Jesus Christ. Having said that, the Bible declares to us not just who was born, but really why he was born. And then we understand from the same Bible what this means for us today. So if at any level you accept that Jesus Christ was born on this earth, then we have to come back to the scripture and understand what the Bible says to us. And the Bible makes it crystal clear that if he was born, there was a purpose behind it. Let me give you, if I could today, a, a little if-then scenario. Have you ever done any kind of research or study in, um, in argument or a logical-based discussion and you have an if-then scenario? And so here's a, just a couple quick thoughts on this. If Jesus lived, then he is God in the flesh. Now think about that for a second. If he lived, then he is. If he lived, then he is because the Bible declares that. This book right here tells us crystal clear that he was not just born another human. He was not just a baby, but he was a savior and he was Christ the Lord. He was God in the flesh. So if he was born, then he is God in the flesh. If he's not God in the flesh, then he was never born. And so you see the tension here. The tension is it's easy to come to the idea that this baby was born several thousand years ago, and we discuss this every year, this keeps coming up for some reason. This exceeds any other birth ever in the history of mankind, and there's something to this, because this was not just another baby. This was not just another human. This was the Son of God that came to this earth to give you freedom from your past, give you eternal hope, and to set you right with God. That's who this was, and That's why this keeps coming up. There's something more going on. See, could it be that our biggest fear is is not that he is the son of God, but could it be that he might ask something of us that comes into our space? Could, Could it be that my struggle is if I acknowledge that divinity, If if I acknowledge that he was indeed the son of God, then that means he has some authority that I might not want to give up. He has some power that I might have to concede my own power. See, it's easy for us to welcome in the comfort of this baby named Jesus, but it's hard to make a commitment to make him Lord and Savior over your life. You want to make this Christmas the best Christmas ever? You know how you do that? For once in your life, accept the why behind Christmas. It's not about gifts. It's not about lights. It's not about music. It's not about family. It's not about food. It pains me to say that. It's a terrible time of year to be a pastor of a church with folks that can cook well, too, by the way. I'm getting boxes by the droves of things I should not be consuming. But you have to honor the gift of those who give it to you. We'll be starting a 21-day plan come January 1st for the entire church. This is the Christmas you really accept and acknowledge that everything we kind of talk about and talk around is only here because the Son of God came to give you eternal life. That's why. That would make this the greatest Christmas ever. I love these words. The prophet Isaiah said this. Now watch this before I read this verse to you. The prophet Isaiah said this 700 years before his birth just just let, let, let me let that sink in just let that sink in that before he was born seven hundred years earlier the prophet Isaiah said these words he said for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father and the prince of peace this was penned 700 years before his birth. There's something about this baby that's unique to all of us. First John chapter 4, 14 says, we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he abides in God. Confessions where this takes place today for your life. See, the Christian life is not about becoming something better right now that you can earn your way into God's presence. The Christian life is not about paying a certain penance or, or, or coming to God and saying, I'll do this act of, of, of justice or this good deed. That's, that's not what this is about at all. You, you come to Jesus by simply confessing. Romans chapter 10, 10 says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe in your heart and you confess that Jesus is the son of God. And that's how you experience this. Here's a verse you've read before, heard before, or at least seen in a football game. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. You could say that that verse right there is the Christmas story in a nutshell. But the next verse in the same chapter, of John 3 says this, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You want to know why this birth comes up every year? You want to know why Christmas keeps coming around with fervor and never forgotten or lost? It's because underneath all this is the foundation that this is God's eternal plan, that God came into humanity. God came in the simplest form. They were looking right at him. It just didn't seem like it should be this way. It seemed like this deliverer should be more of a warrior king. But God doesn't need the help of a sword. It seemed like this deliverer should come to a mighty family. Because it's a very patriarchal society, very hierarchical. Surely he'll come back through this royal line. Or he'll come back through this king. No, he came through the most simple approach. that went back to the beginning of time. All the way back to the early founding fathers of our faith. Jesus was of the line as prophesied. But today, this only makes a difference if you're prepared to make him Lord of your life.